today's message. What a prayer. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Close our eyes as we pray. Loving God, we praise you for loving us. Praise you for another wonderful day you've given us. We are glad to be in your presence this morning. Dear Lord, thank you for your children who've made it to this place. I pray that you teach us in this hour is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Practical application of the Ten Commandments is our theme for the week. Submit your assignments. Oh, let's start. How many tried the challenge activity? You, you tried. You, you didn't do, you tried. Or how many are still trying? There is a possibility you tried, then there is a possibility you are still trying. As in, you've been composing the status update, but it's, you're still not confident. But you're still trying. Let me see. Those who are still trying, oh, there is hope. There is hope. We, we will do it. We'll do it. Don't worry. There is still hope. We can still do it today. Challenge activity for, uh, for Tuesday. We can do it today. Now, uh, a quick recap. I want to put you where we are. Because I know there are those who are coming for the first time, there are those who are coming for the second time, there are those who are coming for the third time. And uh, I, I just need to put you where we are as we go through today's message. In the event, let me say, in the event you've realized that uh, probably this preacher is not, is not explaining these things the way you want. You know at times... You, are, you, you have things you like. In the event you've realized the preacher is not explaining these things the way you like, just relax, okay? God is in control. He will ensure you understand them the way you like. So don't, don't be worried. That has never been my main worry. I'm, I'm more worried if we don't pick anything at all. But at least I hope you're picking one or two things, something that you can practically apply in your life. On day one, we talked about, will the real God please stand up? I want to tie day one up to where we are right now in the first three minutes. Psalm 96, reading from verses 1. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord. Bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the ethans. And his wonders among all people. Now listen to this. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Now listen to this. Why is God to be taken seriously? For all the gods of the nations are idols. If you aren't there on day one, I am summarizing it. The real God is the God who created. That verse simply says, all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Now listen, if you're going to choose a God, choose God who made the heavens. Choose God the creator. If you're going to choose your God. Now listen, people have worshipped money. People have worshipped gods. People have worshipped even their friends. But those friends cannot make the heavens. Choose a God who can make something that is lasting. The Lord made the heavens. And now, when we were talking yesterday, we were talking about his name. 
And, and in talking about his name, one of the things that I told us is uh, looking at the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a wonderful name. But I am worried that we are um, about to forget the name of the Lord. In our dealings, how we carry out ourselves, we forget that we bear the name of the Lord. So let's always remember, this is a serious name and we are called by God to bear his name. So let's live for God. Let us in our lives, let God be seen in our lives. You get that? That's why when we were talking yesterday, we were just talking about his name. Let not the name of the Lord be blasphemed by the Gentiles because of you. You're a child of God. Let's live fully to our calling as God's children. Okay? Let me finish one part I didn't finish yesterday. Now let me tell you something. One of the reasons I'm also doing this is I am hoping that those who have forgotten yesterday's assignment, by now you can be pretending but you're in Exodus trying to memorize that part. So that's why I'm doing this because I'm, I'm going to ask you the question. Now, the other bit that we dealt with yesterday was remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. I didn't have time because the teacher yesterday was my friend, so I didn't want to disobey. But remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. I, I didn't spend much time explaining it, but what did you learn about the Sabbath yesterday? Those who were here yesterday, is there something we said about the Sabbath? What did we say about the Sabbath commandment? We said that the, the name, the name Sabbath, has, uh, when you're dealing with the name, you can't say it's with any other day, like the way you dealt with the birthdays. With the birthdays, it's, it's specific. That name is specific. You, you, you don't start arguing about, I don't know when the Sabbath is falling. Now, those are basic questions. In fact, if you want to know which day is the seventh day, that is basic because counting is done in nursery, isn't it? That's where we learn day one, day two, day three. So arguing about we don't know the seventh day, it's arithmetics. The problem is arithmetics. That's not spiritual. That's arithmetics. First day, number one, number two, number three, up to number seven, that's arithmetics. So if you have arithmetics as a problem, let's go back to nursery. We are not dealing with arithmetics when we are in college. I, li I like your class, collegiate. Even it just shows us that basic things like counting number of days, we've, those ones we've conquered. What else did we learn? Breaking the fourth is the same as breaking the third. Yes. What else did we learn? Yes. Um, when you're lazy, you break the fourth commandment. When you're lazy, when you're not working for those six days, you're breaking the fourth commandment. What else did we learn? Yes. When we break the Sabbath, we take the Lord's name in vain. Any other? Now, something else we need to say and then we get to today's message. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your works. But this, this, this one day, the seventh day, is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. It is whose Sabbath? Whose Sabbath is it? It's not the Sabbath of the seventh day Adventists. Whose Sabbath is it? When you are breaking it, you are not offending the elder. You are not offending your mother. You are not offending your father. It is the Sabbath of the Lord. 
So how you want to handle the Sabbath? You just decide, but no, you, you, you're picking up a fight against the Lord. Remember that. Number two, it says, six days you shall labor, but this day, this day, I want you to rest. What are the things that we should do on Sabbath? Hey, is it a must to come to church on Sabbath? Be careful when I ask a question. You may answer wrongly. Be careful. Is it a must to come to church on Sabbath here? Here. Is it a must to congregate on Sabbath? How many say it's a must? Now, you're being too careful. When I want you to be careful, you don't have to be this careful. Okay, how many things it's not a must? Can I read a text and insist it's a must? Yes? Yeah? Ati? Oh, oh, you are already walking in Hebrews. Ah, then you are fine, you are fine. Hebrews chapter 10. I, I like this. Now let me tell you something. This is how we should behave. At least know, know even the verse. Even if you don't know where it is, just know it is somewhere. Like, for instance, when you say not forsaking the assembling together, don't say it's in the Old Testament. <laughs> say it's somewhere in the New Testament. Then somebody will say it's in Hebrews. Then another one will say it's in chapter 10. Then another one will say 25. That's how we help each other. Degree niarambe. But let me tell you, salvation pia niarambe. In salvation, we must remind each other that there is a text that says don't forsake the assembling together of brethren. Now, let me read for you something. Before you get to don't forsake the assembling together of brethren. In uh, Leviticus chapter 23 verses 3, it says, Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. Convocation means coming together. So in fact, when you're reading in Hebrews, Hebrews is basically buttressing the fact that we have told you in Leviticus that the seventh day should be a day of assembly. I, I know what you will argue and say, oh, but, 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 but what about when we go to do door-to-door -door visitation? What about when we are going for chaplaincy program? What about when we have a nature Sabbath? Must we come here? Now listen to this. It's a day of holy convocation, so we need to come together with the brethren. Oh, these are isolated cases where one Sabbath we go out there for a visitation. We cannot be visiting every Sabbath. You are never coming to sit with the congregants. It cannot be that every Sabbath you you're just out somewhere, out somewhere doing something. Even Global Youth Day is not every day. So on Global Youth Day, we can walk around talking to people about Jesus, but at least come for Holy Convocation, okay? Hey, and, and remember, remember, how long does the Sabbath last? This your group is cheeky or tricky. As in, you, you, you people have proper timelines for Sabbath. Sabbath is timed. Even the preacher must know when to end. We are watching you, preacher. If you're going to end late, we may walk out. Imagine. No, let me ask this way. When you are in class, the lectures are going on. You have classes from morning to evening. Hey, do you decide that, okay, now I'm going to walk out of these lectures? We attend lectures from 7 up to 5, isn't it? Yeah. 
No, I, I know there are other courses which may not be having full day lectures, but those of us who did engineering, I, that thing was tough. We will sit in class, 7 a.m., you are expected in class. Then there's a lecturer who has another one coming from 5 to 7 in the evening. Until you're like, eh, even if the preacher said six days. But this one is, this one is six and, and some top up on it. But, but let me tell you something. When we have lectures, we go for the whole day, isn't it? Sabbath. How many hours do we attend on Sabbath? No. Here, please, let's not pretend, okay? When we are talking of practical application, we will improve. Isn't it? Please don't make me come here then on Sabbath you're still misbehaving. We will improve. What is your average no, number of hours on Sabbath? Average number. Just say the truth, the ones you are sure of. You, are, you mean coming to church? No, no, no. Average number of hours that you spend with God on Sabbath. <laughs> uh, inclusive of sleeping. No, exclusive of sleeping. Inclusive of sleeping. Exclusive. Exclusive. Mm. Um, I would say 12 to 15 hours. 12 to 15 hours. Within 12 to 15 hours, you are doing godly activities from the time you woke up up to that time. In other words, you are on Bible study, you are singing. You are Maybe I'm trying to do godly things. That's the best. No, no, no. You, you see, I, I need to explain. I need to explain. You see, on the other days, on the other days, you are working with God. Yeah. Like today, yeah. you've been walking with God. How many of you have sinned today? No, you've been careful. You've been avoiding sin today. At least, this is a camp meeting week. You know, camp meeting week, you even feel religious. <laughs> as in, as in there you're doing your things, you're, you're careful. You don't want to lie, you don't want to do what. But you've been walking with God, isn't it? So, I don't mean how much time have you spent with God. I mean deliberately. Let's say, Bible study. The time I spend in Bible study, the time I spend in singing, the time I spend in listening to God's word, the time I spend in listening to songs that are godly, the time that I spend in uh, doing lesson discussion and contributing, not just listening, the time you spend. How many per Sabbath? Per Sabbath? 10 to 12. 10 to 12. Yes. Okay, you listen to sermons for how many hours? <laughs> Let's start with Friday. Maybe there's Vespas. Yes. Vespas? So one hour. An hour. Is one hour? Yes. And then I listen to a le the lesson discussion. You listen to the lesson discussion online? For another one hour? Then? Then the next day. In the morning? We come for Sabbath school. You come for Sabbath school? You start with Sabbath school? <laughs> you, 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 you start with Sabbath school? <laughs> No, not your family, not, not the church members. I'm saying you as an individual. These are personalized questions. You, you attend Sabbath school? Yes. Okay. Uh, who else wants to take this random question? <laughs> who else? Yes. Oh, you want to take? How, how many hours? 10 to 12. 10 to 12. Give me your Sabbath. Sabbath, you start with which program? Your first program normally? No, no, no. On, on, on Saturday morning. You start with Sabbath school. Oh, okay, start in the morning. I listen mm. to a sermon in the morning. Oh, you normally listen to a sermon in the morning? I listen to lesson discussion in the morning. You listen to lesson discussion? I do devotion. You do your personal devotion? I do study. You do your study? I come to church. Then you come to church for Sabbath school? I am listening to music. While you are in the car, you are listening to music? That is also part of Yes, that's also part No, <laughs> beloved, it's called practical application. <laughs> it's true. No, 
we, we need to hear what you do because you know what happens at times i will start doing what you do because you, you know there are also some of us if you look at your sabbath your active time with even god is going to be two hours the sermon time and then the songs then you are through two hours <laughs> so what you've effectively done the whole day you've done nothing outside sabbath but effectively you've only used how many hours two hours and and if you check you know let me put it this way you know there are also some of us if we start analyzing our lives you may find on sabbath you are in church throughout by the time you spend on whatsapp facebook or any other social media checking what is happening around you may have taken you another five hours so cumulatively present present wise you are seated in church isn't it but when you start looking at the active time you've spent with god that you can say here i was spending with god on sabbath you find it's only two hours are you getting that remember the sabbath day we are supposed to honor the lord on the sabbath day can we spend time with god on sabbath as i told you uh, you see having a devotional life is something that should run throughout having a prayer life is something that should run throughout there is a special worship that we give to god on sabbath you understand that and that is what i am talking about let me explain as we talk about class. Is the sun too much? We, we move in? Oh, we, we can move in. We wanted to get vitamin D, but uh, I'm thinking the sun is a bit too much. Let me talk as we are moving. <laughs> so as, as I was saying, uh, having a devotional life would not be bad. But uh, in so much as having a devotional life may not be bad, we need to... We need to try in our lives that there is this one moment which we spend specifically with God. There is this one moment which we have dedicated specifically to God. And that then means that in so much as uh, we have other activities going on, like I was explaining with uh, our studies, as a student, you are constantly revising for exams, isn't it? You're constantly revising for exams. But... There are lectures which you attend on a particular day. So you will be taught about something in mathematics. But there's a specific day when the lecturer comes and says, today I'm teaching you this topic. So you are interacting with the lecturer at close level. But when you go through the rest of the day, through the rest of the week, when that lecture is not on, you are still interacting with that aspect of knowledge. So you can still be doing your revision, you can still be checking this book, you can still be going to the library. And that's why when we are looking at Sabbath and our knowledge of God and spending time with God, it's almost like that. That there is a day that we set aside, we are going to worship God, we are going to come together. Like you see, when we come together like this, do you know there is uh, there's just something nice about fellowship? No, we, we are social beings. Stop this issue of coming to church and you look like you are bored by everything. When you come to church, at least say hi to people, smile at people. There's an opportunity. Just try, just try. Some of us have more serious faces than yours, but we try. 
because you are in the presence of the Lord. Even God loves when we smile. Do you know that? Did you see what God asked Cain? Why is your countenance fallen? Hey, why, why, do, why are you frowning? As in, God just asks that. One thing that taught me, God is particular about everything. Even the way your face looks like and all that. Because when you come to church and you are frowning, do you know one challenge I always have with that? I know you can tell me, oh, you know, you don't know how I've had a bad week. But let me tell you something. When you are frowning and you are in the presence of the Lord, where will you smile? In the presence of other things, you're not frowning like that. When you are in the presence of the Lord, you are frowning. Then out there, when people are doing the things of the world, hey, you're so relaxed, as in you're not frowning. Now, where you need to frown, you're not frowning. Where you don't need to frown, you're frowning. We need to change. So, Sabbath, Sabbath keeping, and let me tell you something. By the way, Sabbath is going to be the great test in the last days. Great test in the last days. So let's start taking it seriously. Even the mark of the beast is just an issue about Sabbath worship. Whether we are receiving the mark of the beast or not, it's about Sabbath worship. So how, how can we develop a habit of Sabbath worship? As we've said, let's have activities that will make us spend time at the feet of God throughout the Sabbath. Okay? In, in, I know you will want to watch something. Look for a sermon. I, I know you, you, you want to watch a movie or something of the sort. Look for the documentaries on uh, things in the Bible and the church. Look for them. How many of you have ever watched the documentary called uh, Tell the World? You only have two. And, and we love watching. Don't we love? If we love watching, watch Tell the World. I can give you the link. It's, it's a wonderful documentary. It, it, it shows you, you know, at times, even ask yourself, oh, who are these SDS? Where did they come from? Is it that people, people disagreed somewhere? Then one said, I'm going to start my church. You, you need to know why you are an Adventist. That documentary tells that. So let me tell you, when you feel like watching something, sit down, watch that documentary. There are several things. How many of you have ever watched Keepers of the Flame? One. Hey, we, we have a library of things to watch. Listen, it is not an offense to watch. <laughs> the problem is what you are watching. <laughs> Opening your eyes and watching is not wrong. Even me, you're watching me right now. <laughs> it's not wrong. But let's, let's have, and, and let me tell you something. The way we've watched certain things, what are the things we share with our friends? How many of you know about something called Netflix? You, you, you've heard about Netflix? <laughs> you know, when you're talking to colleges, you pretend, you pretend like they don't know these things. You, you've heard about Netflix? Now, let me tell you something about Netflix. Netflix is this thing, I, I don't even know, I don't, I don't even know what, what things are there. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 it, it's one of those places... I, I, I go to Netflix, then I start looking for things, then I'm like, okay, there's nothing here that I can watch, nothing, 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 nothing. Then I go back and search on YouTube. Because you, you, search, you start looking for Tell the World, you're not going to find them on Netflix. What is Netflix doing for us? Anyway, let me not blame them. They're also in the business. They're in business, isn't it? Now let me tell you something. You see, when Netflix releases a new movie, what happens amongst friends? Tell the world. Hey, 
Do you know? Do you know what is up this week? Do you know which is the new one? See, that's what we do. Now, let's try do that with the word of God. You, my sister, I don't know your name. What's your name? Megan. Megan. Now, let me tell you something. Imagine Nairobi Central has released a serious sermon yesterday. You don't even age. Do you know what has been released? Come and see, new release. We don't. As in, what are the things we share? You've just burnt ships and burnt everything. Let's share. Are you getting me? We, we need to develop a spiritual appetite. And let me tell you, a small child, I have a young boy, very tiny, less than a year old. A small child, you can train the taste buds. You, you can just decide. This is what you eat. A small child who gets used to eating food without salt will always find nothing wrong with food without salt. When you introduce salt, when you give food without salt, then now they feel, oh, this food doesn't have salt. But before that, they have the finest, they'll say, I don't have a problem. Same thing with sugar. Whichever thing. Somebody like me, they never introduced avocado, I am not planning for it to be introduced. <laughs> so I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. People have told me the nutritive value, what it adds, which essential oils it has. I tell them I have been on this planet all this time without those oils. And look at how healthy I am. So relax, relax. But, but, but you see, what I'm simply saying is you can train your taste buds. Before I became vegetarian, I would eat animals as well. Now what happens is, when I... <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's true. I'm, 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 I'm just telling you the truth. I, I, I would eat, I, I would look at animals that are alive. You know, when I was not vegetarian, you look at a chicken and you've converted it. Now, this one, this one, if it was cut and there were some tomatoes and onions, and then my mom is the one who has prepared it. Hey, you've already converted it. That thing looks serious. You know what? The fact that I became vegetarian did not change the taste of fish or chicken. It didn't change the taste. It's still nice. I, I don't have to come here and lie to you just because I'm teaching you health message and I want you to change your diet that, hey, you know, chicken does not taste nice. That thing still tastes nice. But listen, I have acquired a new taste. I've developed a new taste to the point whereby I, I don't like it. In fact, I, 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 was, I was telling the other day, I've not started today, someone. I'm going to run late. I know. I, I, I was telling my wife some time back that I had a nightmare. Then my wife is like, oh, what happened? I was telling my wife, you know what? I dreamt that I ate meat. I had a nightmare. That thing troubled me until I woke up sweating. I've dreamt that I have eaten meat. How could I? How could I have just eaten this thing? After more than 16 years of just looking at it and not even aspiring to eat it, then I've eaten it. Hey, I felt so bad. Do you know I was relieved to find it was a dream? <laughs> hey, I was like, thank God it was in a dream. What I'm simply saying is you can acquire taste. Before you acquire the taste, it's tough. It's tough. The first time I stopped eating meat, I don't know. Temptations have a funny way of dealing with us. Let me tell you, make a decision for God. Then the temptation now comes properly. As in previously, you're not even being tempted. Even those things were not coming. Before I decided I'm going to be vegetarian, Nobody was even offering me chicken and such things. Those things were expensive to afford. Wait until the day I decided. Let me tell you, every family gathering you are attending, 
they've prepared chicken nicely it is coated with breadcrumbs and everything i'm like this is what i was longing for before i stopped why is it now coming and this thing came over and over again until one time i went home they prepared my best non-vegetarian meal i looked at it and i was like chief you made the decision <laughs> and then you know those are the moments you tell yourself but but chief you're the one who made it this thing is not a point of salvation it's, it's, it's not like you're going to die why don't you do like this postpone the decision to next week but one just eat this thing today once and for all then next week but one you start those are the things you fight with when you're making decisions and let me tell you by the way it happens like that with all temptations every temptation you're like can't i just do it for the last time properly so that i don't desire to do it again then you go back and, and that's why at times life becomes difficult when you've given your life to Jesus, an altar call has been made, you've presented yourself, and then something just tells you one last time, just one last time, this is not the last one, completely last, last, last one. Then you're like, okay, okay, one last time. And that's how we get chained to sin, and you don't break from sin. Today, my message was titled, I can't even test whether you've done the assignment because I've done a lot of digression. Anyway, I'll end in the next 40 minutes. I've started at 10.40 something. I'll end 9.40 something. I'll end at 10.20 something, okay? No, it's good to be psychologically prepared. Just know when, I, when I'll end. So when it's 10, don't even think I'm about to end. Just know I am psyching up. Now I am on it. Now, today's message is interesting. Today's message, I love it. Our theme through the entire week, as I told you, my coat was cut for me. I didn't cut it by myself. This one I was told. Practical application of the Ten Commandments. Now, my theme uh, is practical application of the Ten Commandments. My message for the day is entitled, Who Wants to Live Long? Who Wants to Live Long? Did you hear my message? Who Wants to Live Long? Let me ask you, who wants to live long? Who wants to live long? Okay, who wants to live a short life? Short. Who wants to die today? Who wants to die today? I'm not saying you're suicidal, but you, you don't mind. I, I can just die today, this, this life. Let me tell you something. By the way, one of the reasons why people give up on life, and they even want to die today, is because of the troubles that they find themselves going through. Life is so difficult to the point you say, what is the purpose of living long? Now, all these people you see who want to live long must have something they are enjoying in life. I can tell you, if you are sick with a terminal illness and you are in so much pain every moment, at times even long life feels like it's too painful. But at, at, at your age, young, energetic, can I tell you something? You are in an age whereby you can even do so many things I can't do. I was discussing with a friend of mine who is 51. And we were just talking, we were just talking, and I was telling her that, you know what? I've realized something. There are things I used to do in my 20s I can't do right now. Despite the psych I have and the energy, I can't do it right now. In my 20s, I could be able to sustain 
two weeks of crusade, then do another one week of prayer. In a whole month, I could preach even if it is 30 sermons with the same energy and continue over and over. Right now, I don't even have half as much of that energy. Right now, even after I've finished with you right now, I feel like, hey, that was serious. <laughs> because I, I don't have half as much energy. Right now, I have my young one here, another one here, I have my wife. As in, you have, I have a plate that is full. Even before I start with you as my friends, I'm first of all dealing with my kids, my wife. Can you imagine? Then there is family, then there is friends. As in, I have so many people to deal with. And you see, and unlike friends, your sisters and the others, your child believes that you should be able to have an answer to things. My, my kid wakes up and feels angry, does not want to understand that there are days when the salary has not yet come. That doesn't ask those things. Just knows, I need food, it needs to be on the table, or else I'll cry. And when I cry, I'll cry properly, just try me. And, and, and the kid can do that. So you see, you end up with so many things. So I say, when you're still this young, there's so much you can do. Somebody captured it this way. But there's an age where you have the energy, you have the time, but you lack the money. That's your age. You have the energy, you have the time, but you lack the money. And that is why young people will do anything to get money. Then there's another age where we get to. Where I have the energy, the money, you lack the time. So you have a salary, everything, you have the money. But you lack the time, as in things are too many. Then there is old age, where now you have the time, you've retired, you have the money, you've invested all through, but you lack the what? Energy. And, and so as, as we do a reflection on this, I want us to have all that in mind. Who wants to live long? Exodus chapter 20 today, we are doing verses 12 and 13 only. Exodus chapter 20, verses 13, verses 12. What does it say? Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Who wants to live long? He says, listen, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the earth. Tell me which other commandment is tied to longevity. Okay, what is the converse of the text? Let's negate the text. Dishonor your mother and father that your days may be shortened. That. By the way, at times, these commandments that are not in the negative, we need to negate them. It, it just says, dishonor them, your days will be shortened. In other words, rather than commit suicide, don't commit suicide. Dishonoring your parents is suicidal. The moment you don't honor your parents, and, and I want to deal with this uh, a bit deeply. In Ephesians chapter 6, reading from verses 2, the Bible says, Honor 
thy father and thy mother. For this is a what? This is the commandment that has a promise tied to it. Have you seen all the others don't have a promise? In other words, let me tell you, even if things are difficult, when you honor your father and mother, your days will be added. That's what the Bible says. When you honor, your days will be added. And the book of Ephesians even makes it clear. I know you're saying, but preacher, let's, let's be practical. You said it's practical application. My father. I, I know, I, I really want to honor my father, but, but, but let's just be practical. Do you know my mother? Okay, how many of you have unreasonable mothers? Unreasonable. No, don't put up your hands. You may think I know your mother, but how many of us have unreasonable mothers or fathers? As in just unreasonable. And it happens. Let me tell you. Your mom may not be unreasonable until when you have something very reasonable. Then all of a sudden, they pull up an unreasonable card. As in, no, generally, she's a loving mother. I've not said your mother is not loving. Very loving. Very loving, I know. But let me tell you something. There are moments she reasons until you ask yourself, where did you pick that kind of reason? Surely. From which planet is that? Because... What you are discussing, I thought, and let me tell you something, honor your father and mother. The statement is so distinct, honor your father and mother. It has not even defined how they are, isn't it? Did you hear, honor your father and mother who is rich? Honor your father and mother who is an elder? Honor your father and mother who comes to church? Did you hear, hear all that? It just said, do what? Honor your father and mother. Now, I'm going to put a spanner in the works and I want you to be very attentive. Now, this is the place where you miss the sermon, okay? This is the place where you get me wrong. So pay attention. The rest of the parts you can sleep or do any other thing, but here pay attention. Did it say obey or it said honor? The commandment, did it say obey or it said honor? Is there a difference? Is there a difference? Yes. No. Let's, I, I know why you are conflicted. The reason you are conflicted is you've gone to Ephesians chapter 6. You've read Ephesians 6, 1, and you are feeling like this preacher is just being dramatic. He just wants to be... Now, listen, did it say obey or honor in Exodus? Exodus said honor. Let's get to practical application. What is to honor? What do you understand by the word honor? Bring praise. What do you understand by the word honor? Respect. What do you understand by the word honor? Respect. Honor? Good reputation. Honor? Respect? Ah, beloved, we are together. We are together. Honor is more than obedience. That's what I'm saying. Hey, but by, by virtue of the fact that it's more than obedience, obedience is in it. That's why, when you go back to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1, wow. Hey, you poor, you poor, by the way, let, let, let me appreciate you for one thing. You, you, you've made me do a study that I didn't, I'd always planned to do, but I didn't do. I've, I've always planned to talk about the Ten Commandments at my own personal time, but I've never got an opportunity. You've given me that opportunity. I love it. As in, just dissecting, saying, let's be practical with the Ten Commandments. 
This issue of cramming, your parents come, they tell you something that is not sensible, and they say, hey, did you read the fifth commandment? Now, now listen, listen to the fifth commandment. It says honor, honor. And I say honor is more than obedience. Listen to this. If you want to understand that honor is more than obedience, in Ephesians 6 verses 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and mother is not written in the Lord. Did you notice? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. In other words, obey your parents when they instruct you in a godly way. You, you, you're not going to murder because your mother has said it. That is obedience, but that is not honor. Ah, you, you didn't get it, you didn't get it. That one you did not get clearly. It's obedience but not honor. The commandment is not obey your parents. It's honor your parents. I know if you check in other, what is it called, in other translations, they may even start now using the word obey your parents. But when you check in the authorized version, it says honor your father and mother. And why I say it's honor is because you may be disobedient, but you're honorable. Your father is a drunkard. Your father tells you to drink alcohol. To obey is to drink, isn't it? To honor your father is not to drink. In other words, if you can be the child of an alcoholic and you are not alcoholic, you are honoring your father. You're giving your father a good name. That, and, and you've, had, you've had moments when people say, hey, this guy, he doesn't even come to church, but his children are serious. As in you've given your father a good name despite the fact that he's not coming to church. But you, you take God seriously until people have a good reputation for your father. There, 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 there are some parents who have uh, become Uber drivers. They drive their children to church, then they leave. Drive their children to church, then they leave. But you know what? In honoring your parents, you will do that which is right such that your parents will get to be praised. They will get that reputation that at least your offspring is a serious child. Honor your parents. Remember, obey in the Lord. But honor does not have a condition. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long. In other words, if you honor them, your days will be long. And so I ask myself, let's walk into honoring. Question number one, are parents always right? Are parents always right? Listen, parents are not infallible. Parents can make mistakes. That's why at times I, I, like, asking, I like asking parents difficult questions. Listen. Well, in honoring your parents, even when you ask a difficult question, be respectful, okay? <laughs> yeah, but, but ask, ask challenging questions. By the way, let me tell you, there's nothing parents love like knowing you are confiding in them. They feel nice. But let me tell you, when you confide in your parents, ask tough questions, okay? Ask tough questions. Don't ask simple things like one plus one. No, tough questions. Sit with your parent. Right now at this your age, I know you, you're at an age where people are confused about what to tell you. Should you have boyfriends or not? So go to your mother. Mom, 
let's talk serious talk tell me practically when you are my age did you have a boyfriend <laughs> as in as, as in I, I just want to understand i'm not asking to challenge you i'm asking because you are my role model i want to do things in the right way just tell me mom because i want you to also understand some of the things we are going through right now the young men right now are sending applications even when we are still young what do we do why are you being sent for the same when you are young tell me i know you're telling me oh just wait yes ma'am i will wait but i want to hear from you don't send me to elder chief let me hear from you i'm going to compare with him but let me first hear from you tough questions sit down with your parents they want you to be a doctor you you think you can only become a matatu driver talk the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 1 verses 18, come now let us reason together. Let's reason. As in sit down with your parents and reason. That is honoring them. Tell your parents, you know what? I take you so seriously. I want to get your perspective on this issue. I'm going to take a course. Mom, what do you think about it? For me right now I think the in thing is data analytics. But you you think I should be an engineer. Look at that engineer who is unemployed. What do we do, mom? Just tell me. Let's talk. Part of honoring your parents is being able to share with them. I know some parents <laughs> you know at, at at times preachers speak until you're like preachers can you go talk to parents first then you come talk to us. Cuz parents are the ones who need to hear this not us. Cuz at times I feel like you know some parents put themselves at a pedestal. They, they they look like they're here. You you are there. You're only here to listen. And and it's possible it's possible you can be here to listen but as you grow as you grow you also become intelligent okay one of the things you learn as you grow and let me tell you one of the reason young people have become stubborn you included one of the reason you become stubborn is because you are starting to be reasonable and so many people think you should be given instructions that is the problem this your team the problem is You want to reason. Like when I tell you come here early, you want to know, preacher, what is in store for us? Why are we coming early? Just insist, oh, come early, listen to this, write notes, do this, open your why? And you know, the why question is a good question. You cannot constantly be gaggling in things, taking in everything. Not everyone who stands here to talk to you is telling the truth. You must ask them why are you saying that? What is, under what authority are you telling us that statement? Honor your parents. Parents are not always right. They may be right. They may have experience but not always right. Only God is always right. So if your parents are telling you things, you know, there are also parental opinion. Do you know that? As in mom thinks like this. That's a perspective. That's a perspective. Like let me tell you. Um all young people who go to campus get spoiled. That's a perspective. Isn't it? I went to campus. In fact, when every young person in college and in campus is being suspected of getting spoiled, you need to ask your dad. Ask dad, you you went. Were you spoiled? You know by the way, let me tell you something. At times parents are worried that you may commit the sins they committed. Do you know that? There are moments when that is their worry. So, 
How do you make them not worried? Honor them. In other words, by the way, how many of you, if you are tempted to drink, you would tell your father or mother? If you are tempted, not that if you drank, I mean if you are tempted. In other words, mom, you can't believe it. Mom, do you know what happened today? I was with some four friends of mine. And those four friends, there was nothing, only alcohol in front of me. Only alcohol. And mom, I can't lie to you. I was tempted to take a sip. I was tempted. I didn't take. Do you think your mom can look at you and say, yes, you are telling the truth. You didn't take. <laughs> they will suspect that you took, isn't it? But why? Why? As in, let me tell you something, ah, beloved. This is what I want us to do. I want us to get to a point whereby when you tell your mother, I was tempted, they know it was temptation. I didn't succumb. Because tomorrow I'm going to tell you, mom, by the way, yesterday I was tempted and I did. <laughs> you can't believe it. No, you see, the, the, the thing is this. As God's children, I want us to be taken for our word. You know what? When you tell your mom you will wash the dishes and you don't wash the dishes, she lacks trust in you. When you tell mom you will come home early and you don't come home early, she lacks trust in you. But let me tell you, one of the best ways to honor your parents is make them build trust in you. Let them trust that what you've said, you mean what you've said. I have told you I was tempted. So right now, this one is too hard for a challenge activity. It may have terrible results at the end of the day. <laughs> Mom, you don't know. I was tempted to steal today. You know that boy? He tempted me. I almost committed fornication. Mom, I didn't. But I was tempted in campus today. How, how do you even handle that? I know you're like preacher. Those are things which you use as examples, preacher. Those ones, those ones we don't tell, mom. We don't. Those ones we will give us testimonies when we are old. When, when we also have children, we will tell mom, mom, do you know in the year 2022, do you know how I was tempted? Now, now that one we are in 2032 and, and you have your firstborn. Hey, mom, I was tempted. Then mom is like, okay, you're tempted, but, but you overcame. No, we need to tell them right now so that they understand. Honor your parents simply means that you give them a good name. Remember, as I've said, parents are not always right, but they are wise. Wisdom out of experience they have. At times, the reason they restrict you from doing things is because, I, I saw somewhere it was written, an old man seated sees farther than a young person standing. That's an African proverb. Just believe. Okay? N nowadays, when you say something and you want people to believe, you claim it's a proverb. So it's an African proverb. Old man seated. And that's what happens. Your parents, they have been on this planet long. And, and, and let me tell you, by the way, this one for temptation, this is a challenge activity you need to try. Because your parents must also tell you, or let me tell you, how can you do it? You can do it like this. Flip it the other way. Give the challenge to the parents. Go ask your mom. Mom, was there a time when you were tempted to drink and you resisted the temptation? Just tell me, mom. I want to know. Have you ever been tempted to sin and you resisted the sin? Because you are my role model. I want to do things the way you do them. Go ask them that. And, and let's hear what will mom tell you. Because when we are honoring, 
when we are honoring our father and our mother, one of the things, give them a good reputation. Is, is your dad an elder? You? Your dad is an elder? Now, you know, if, if your dad is an elder, he's very careful about his name, isn't it? So when you honor your dad, you tell dad, dad, the reason I'm asking you this question is because your name is at stake. If I do a stupid thing, people will come for you. People will say, hey, do you see how PKs and elders' kids are misbehaving? Nowadays, it's difficult to be an elders' kid. Difficult. You're an elders' kid, it's almost as though you've also become an elder. <laughs> All of a sudden, when, when, when your, your dad is nominated, you go ask dad, 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 don't you think you can just be a deacon? <laughs> because there's a higher expectation, but there's nothing wrong with that. That's why I'm saying, go consult with your parents. Tell them your name is at stake. You honor your father and mother when you don't get pregnant as a young girl. And when you don't impregnate young girls, okay, man? You honor your parents. Listen, obey your parents, but now I'm saying honor. You honor your parents when you can be a young girl who is a virgin, who is not pure young girl. You've honored them. In fact, what you need to be doing every, every like six months, you need to be giving your mother status updates. My mom, I've been pure for the past six months, okay? This is in honor of you. This is in honor of you. You, you get that? Tell your parents. The reason I have kept myself pure is because I honor you. I honor your name. Now let me tell you something. Your mom will be proud of you. Me, I'm telling you things that will make parents love you. You can wash dishes all you want. But if you want your parents to love you, just try that. No, no, this, hey, this week I'm challenging you people. I'm making life difficult. See, it's worth trying. You just go tell mom, mom, I want us to write a pact with you. This one, this one we are going to sign. And you're the one going to keep it in your bedroom. We are signing. I will keep myself pure until marriage. Here, mom, sign. Let me sign here. I'll be updating you every, every six months. Or every quarter. To Natoka Holy Communion, mom, this is the update. I'm ready for Holy Communion, mom. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's practical. We can do it. It's not like you're planning to commit fornication, but you can promise your mom that you know what? Mom, for your sake, I'm not going to commit fornication. So you have to be praying for me as I pray for myself. Because I want to honor you. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long. And one thing you have to be sure of, parents mean well for their children, okay? Parents really mean well for their children. That's why your mother, your father, have kept you until this age. If they hated you, they would have stopped your existence when you are crying for nothing at two months old. You're very stubborn at two months old. They will have done everything. In fact, let me tell you something. Much of what you are right now, do you know it's your parents? This English that makes you shake your head to your mom, do you know who taught you that English? If your mom decided not to take you to school, default in paying fees, and you would have dropped out of school, you don't even have English. All these things, now you even have shorthand, your mom cannot understand. Who taught you shorthand? Your mom took you to school, you got friends and all those things, honor your parents. Honor 
your parents. And as I have said, you can honor your parents even when you disagree with their opinion, okay? You don't necessarily have to agree with them, but disagree in a honorable way, okay? Let me give you a, an example. I don't like the way mom normally talks to me. How do I tell mom? Mom, please. You know what? You continue to see You continue, you're going to see. Is that honor? No. Let me tell you something. Mom has hit the roof, done everything. But then you're the one to retreat, okay? Hey, listen to me, young people. You're the one to retreat. I know you're like, no. We will meet head on. You hit the roof, I hit the roof. You hit, I hit. You've escalated, I'm escalating. No, 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 no. When your mom goes like this and is shouting, humble yourself. In fact, if you're fond of a shouting match with your mom, this week, challenge her. Let her realize she's shouting alone and you're just quiet. And, and that time, inside, you're boiling hot. You're like, if it wasn't for Elder Chief, mom, do you know what will have happened? This thing is going to come and you boil hot. Then you go to the, you go to the washroom. You go to the washroom, you look at the mirror. And you start, you start venting on an imaginary person in the mirror. You vent on an imaginary person, you don't vent at your mom direct. Then you know what? Wait until she has calmed down two days later. Then tell mom, mom, we need to talk. I need to address something. I don't like the way you addressed this issue with me the other day. I know I was on the wrong, but the way you addressed the issue with me, the way you raised your voice, the way you are talking to me, it's demeaning to me. I feel so bad as a human being. I feel like I am a rag and you're speaking to a rag. Talk to me as a human being with feelings. I have feelings, it pains me. When you talked to me like that, I was at pain. Are you getting me? Don't do that when she's still hitting the roof. Do that even after payday, when she's smiling, happy and everything. Time when she's fine or when she has come from the someone. She's, she, she, She's already been taken care of by the preacher of the evening. She, she's come home feeling sanctified. Then you tell her, Mom, can we talk before we go to bed? That's after evening devotion, okay? Mom, I think we need to talk. And you just say, please, next time, even when I do something wrong, because I am prone to do things that are wrong. When I do something wrong, just correct me in a way that makes me feel dignified. Don't demean me. Because the moment you demean me, it kills my spirit. And yesterday when you talked to me, I was feeling like responding, and I didn't, because I honor you. Then I'll give you my number. You tell me what your mom has done, okay? Tell me. If mom has started a new lecture, hey, you can't lecture me, you're a young one. If she starts that one, now escalate to the elders. We will deal with that. As elders, we will, we will now know that your parent needs parental counseling <laughs> they need to be told that because let me tell you at times uh, our parents deal with us as if we have no feelings just because they are right so we, we, we really as i've said honor honor is not only being obedient honor is being well mannered carry out yourself well that is honoring your parents do things in the right way perform well in school you are honoring your parents you cannot be failing. Failing is dishonoring your parents, okay? When you're constantly number last, you're struggling with every unit. As in the first unit, you're struggling. Second one, you're struggling. We even change for you, course. We say, okay, medicine, you can't. 
let's try become. Become you are out completely. <laughs> then he say, okay, become is difficult. Let's take you to certificate and diplomas. Diploma, you are out. Okay, you can't do certificate or diploma. Let's get you to apprentice. You just go and sit next to somebody who is uh, making clothes and learn how to make clothes. You are still outside. You can't be a perpetual failure. As I said, at times we fail because we do not put effort. So please, next time when you are in class, read. Remember, you need to honor your parents. When you perform poorly, you are dishonoring them. That's practical application. Do things in a way that will honor them. As I've told you, uh, avoiding drug abuse is honoring your parents. You, you don't want your mom to be called the mom of a drunkard. That's dishonor. Do, 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 you know, do you know how mothers feel? Go ask mothers whose daughters get pregnant out of wedlock. Go ask them how they feel. In fact, even your father will tell your mother, take your daughter. When you pass exams, you will not even hear your mother saying, this is my daughter. Your father will say, yeah, that's my daughter. That's my son. When you fail, your mom is in trouble. When you excel, your dad is big. I don't know why men do that, but, it's, but honor your parents. Honor your parents. And let me tell you, when you succeed, your mom may not be praised, but your mom, deep inside, will be like, thank God. Do you know how mothers pray for their daughters and their sons? Some of them are even fasting. You, you are eating anything that can be digested. Anything you will eat. But here's your mother fasting and saying, God, please look at my daughter, this one. Just help my daughter. Honor your father and your mother. Honor your family name. You get me? Honor the legacy of your family. If it is known, the Ndegwas do this, the Karyukis do this, the Ocholas do this, the, whichever is your family name, please just honor that family name, okay? Don't come to be the one who is unique. That out of my family, you know, everyone is sober. I'm the only one who is not. No, 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 no. Being peculiar does not mean you have to do something that is queer. Honor your family name. That is commandment number five. Honor your family name. Carry out yourself remembering that there's a family name to be protected. And listen, even if your family name has already been tarnished, everyone is calling your family a family of thieves. You can be the one to give it honor. You can be the one. They can say, that family has thieves, but you've not met this one. There's one in that family who is not a thief. And you know what? The one who is not a thief may even bring great honor to the family until everyone else who is a thief gets converted. So please, take seriously. Honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother by respecting yourself, respecting other adults, respecting your peers. Respect. Please, don't disrespect him just because he's your peer. Respect him. Handle one another with honor, okay? In that way, you're also honoring your parents. Because, let me tell you, when we were growing up, children could be disciplined by any adult. Any. As in any. So what would happen is, when I commit a stupid thing, and an adult meets me, doing a wrong thing, they square it with me. They, they just correct me there and then. If it is viboko unacharazwa, just give you some strokes, and then goes to report to your father. When the message lands your father, your father accepts the message as gospel truth. And then administers the remaining punishment. 
So it means you're going to be caned twice. In other words, when we were caught by another adult doing a stupid thing, you beg them, please, when you finish disciplining me, don't report. Imagine, imagine. No, that's the generation we grew up in. I know you're saying, oh, that was child abuse. Hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm still disciplined. And you're saying, oh, you, you, you don't know human rights. You are just dying. No, we are not dying. We were living. If there's a generation that needs beating, this one. But ours was properly, properly beaten. It was panel beating. And let me tell you, we were being beaten well. But one thing, we always knew nobody was beating us to kill us. We're just being beaten to be straightened. Right now, the problem is some people who beat you, they are mad at your father. Just because your father did not give them lift. When they get in a problem, they want to beat you thoroughly. So maybe that may not apply right now. But let me tell you, it helped us. Honor even others. You know, like some of you over here, you are only obedient to your father. When another adult sends you, hmm. what is he telling me? As in, what rights do you have to send me? No, please, honor. Be that child whom, and let me tell you, the moment another elder, another deacon, another person, another elderly person can send you, you give honor to your parents. Time is cutting me short, but I have to share stories. You know, it's good to be practical, isn't it? Good to be practical. Preacher, tell us the things you did, not the things you've read. Let me tell you something. When I was younger than this, we would go into vehicles. And when you get into a vehicle and it is full, you will stand. Now, young ones were not allowed to sit when adults are standing. That was, that was general rule, even in church. In church, there were mats that were placed down here. If you are still young, go to the mat. Right now, you, you are seated here. An elderly person has come to church, is looking for a seat. And you're looking at them saying, you should have come early. You don't know, you don't know, you don't know about coming to church early. You, you are in a matatu and there's a pregnant lady, heavily pregnant, standing next to you. And you're like, yes, you should know. Don't get into matatus that are full. How are you getting here when the matatu is full? Now, that's how we reason right now in this generation. And it is sad. Honor your father and mother. Let me give you a practical example. I was in form, form four. Coming from school, going up country, went up country, and uh, I was doing my last connection. I used to have three connections when I was going home, or two. So I was doing my last connection home. In the last connection home, there was one bus that was there. I got into the bus fairly early. I was the first one, because the vehicle from Nairobi would arrive as the first one. So I got, got myself most comfortable seat and sat. Hey, people started coming into the vehicle. The vehicle got full. And once the vehicle was full, the vehicle started moving. As the vehicle was moving, some elderly lady comes in, pregnant, heavily pregnant, heavily, probably in the ninth month or something of the sort. So very tired, but standing and holding something like this. I know you think I am trying to make a good name for myself. Not really. The message is this. I saw this lady. I thought for myself, well, we were taught, leave, leave the seat for elders. I just thought, it doesn't harm. I left the seat. I just motioned her, come, have a seat. She sat. The journey was always a two-hour journey. So she sat. I'd only sat for 15 minutes after the journey started. She sat for the remaining one hour, 30 minutes plus. She alighted 
one stop from where I was alighting. She sat down and I, I was like, it doesn't harm. I went back and sat when she sat up, she got up and left. I knew the story was done, finished. And uh, I, I didn't have a big deal about it. It would not have even made itself into this sermon until something like uh, four or five years later, one day, just in backup country, we are going to herd cattle with my younger brother. So we are herding cattle with my younger brother. We are looking for the animals and everything. And then, in the middle of nowhere, we meet some lady with a, a nini, with a kid. And this lady and the kid say hi to me. And then we're like, hey, this is strange. Who is this saying hi? And then she says, I know you don't remember me, but uh, are you the son of so-and-so? My dad was called Okinyi. Are you the son of uh, Mr. Okinyi? Then I'm like, yes. I know you don't remember, but some years ago, I was in a matatu. This kid is the one I was pregnant with and you left for me a seat. I sat and thought for myself. One, my dad is known. If I did not stand, <laughs> what would have been said about the children of my dad? Secondly, I thought for myself, wait, there is somebody whom a simple act of just standing up touched them beyond today. That thing made me realize at times, do right because it is right. Honor your father and mother is more than just obeying them. It's about how you carry out yourself. Give your family a good name. I could not even go to the next commandment. In case I don't finish everything, I will send for you notes. <laughs> you go read at your own free time. <laughs> May the Lord bless you. And let's purpose to honor our father and our mother. Let me give it a spiritual tangent as I wrap it up. God the Father, honor your father with God. Do you get that? Most of the times in the Bible, the Bible uses uh, the woman to represent the church. That's why in Revelation chapter 17 verses 5, if you read, uh, it, it comes to explain that... Uh, the woman is called the mother of all harlots. The church is represented by the woman. Honor your father and mother is more than just your earthly parents. It's also honor God the Father. Honor the church, your mother. Carry out yourself in a way that will bring honor, not only to yourself, but to your parents, to the church, and to God. Amen? What is commandment number five? Oh, it's in which verse? Commandment number 5. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. It says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land that the Lord giveth thee. Did you get that? This is a short one. This one you can even commit to memory today. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long. It is tiled. If you want to live long, honor. Honor. 
Today I'm almost telling you people that please just do right so that you can be honorable. Just do right for the sake of your parents. But how many are willing to do right for their parents? No, no, this is not now for you. This one, you go tell your mother, Mom, I passed this exam for you. I wanted to prove a point to you. Now that's what I'm, that's what I'm daring us today. Today's commandment is a dare upon you for your parents. Can we dare do something good for parents? Where you can go tell your parents, and by the way, let's, let's do something. Let me give a challenge activity. I make a simple or a difficult one. Challenge activity. I, I make it challenging. I make it challenging. <laughs> if I make it challenging, then ladies have to go and do the one that I was thinking initially. And men have to do the same. So that we all go right. Mom? Dad? You, you go right uh, honor pact. This is what we are going to live by. This is the code of living we are going to have. Dad, I will not smoke. Dad, I will not drink. Mom, I will not commit fornication. Mom, what other thing can we put? <laughs> G give me another one which is easy to avoid. <laughs> G give me another thing which is easy to avoid. No, no, these ones, these ones you're going to write them, you're going to write them. I'm going to make the challenge activity difficult. I want to see where you've signed with your parent. Those who are missing tomorrow's session already know themselves. They already know themselves. No, listen, how many, how many things can we put in the packs? We put seven. Seven, perfect number. So first one is which one? No smoking. Okay. I will not smoke, number one. Number two? I will not drink. Number three? I will not steal. Number four? Number four? Yes? No fornication, number four. I will be diligent, number five. Who is writing these things? Because I'll forget. Number five. Number six? Number six? Yes? I will obey you in the Lord. That's number six. Number seven and final. I will disagree with you honorably. <laughs> We've written those ones. Now this is what I want us to do. If you can type it, you type it. If you can't type it, you write it on a full scap. Then we'll write the date of the agreement, which is the date today. And then down here, you'll write mom's name and dad's name. If you have both of them, if it's one, you just write the person. Then, on this other side, if you have a guardian also, you just write your guardian's name, the person who is speaking this. And then, on this other side, you will write your name. Then everyone whose name is written there will sign. Are we at par? Can I get these results tomorrow? <laughs> yes? I can get them tomorrow. So tomorrow when we come to class, come with it. I know, I know the parents will find it strange, but this, this, this week, we are practical with the Ten Commandments. Let's rise up for a word of prayer. Assignment, Exodus chapter 20, from verses 1 to 12. Let's commit to memory.
I know I've not been picking the assignments. I know when I'll do. And when I do, it will be random assessment tests. So I may just point at you. So don't think I'll be pointing at Nani. Let's pray. Lord, we want to honor you in our lives. Thank you for a wonderful commandment tucked in the Bible. Commandment number five. Our sermon title was, Who Wants to Live Long? But God, you've given us a commandment to which you've tied the promise of longevity. I thank you for commandment number five. Now God, please help us that we may not only desire to live long, but we may also do that which is right at all times. We've taken a very serious challenge activity. A challenge activity of commitment that we are going to make with our parents. We have said, honor your father and mother. And God, we have written seven things that we want to implement between ourselves and our parents. We want you to be a witness. So God, I pray that you give us the courage. And God, please, don't let us disappoint you. Hold our hands as we walk in these commitments. Because besides honoring our parents, we want to honor you. We want to be godly children. Help us and bless us throughout is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Cynthia, once I get everything, I will give you an instruction for the parents. So you remind me. Thank you. The Lord bless you. Thank you very much.